Hello, welcome to PRWC Worcester podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit of God illuminate your hearts. Praise the Lord. Kindly help me sing this song. Abide under his anointing. Oh, abide under his control. Oh, abide under his anointing. Stay in the arms of Jesus, and thou shalt be for another opportunity to show your glory and for us this is what we believe that any time that we raise hallelujah to you you speak to us father speak to us let not a mere mortal speak to your people your people you have purchased with your blood your precious blood father speak through me let us hear from you Fill us all with your Holy Spirit. This is what we need. Let us hear from you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord has placed on my heart to share with you today a sermon that I have uh, entitled, The Resurrected Life. The resurrected life. And we will take a few readings here. I'll read Numbers chapter 17, verse 1 to 13. And then I'll read Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. Numbers 17, 1 to 13. 
the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and get 12 staffs from them. One from every leader of each of their ancestral tribes. Write the names of each man on his staff. On the staff of Levi, write Aaron's name. For there must be one staff for the head of each ancestral tribe. Place them in a tent of meeting in front of the Ark of the Covenant Law, where I meet you, where I meet with you. The staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout, and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. So Moses spoke to the Israelites, and their leaders gave him 12 staffs, one for the leader of each of the ancestral tribe. And Aaron's staff was among them. Moses placed the staffs before the Lord in the tent of which of the covenant law. The next day, Moses entered the tent and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the tribe of Levi, had only sprouted. Had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, and produced almonds. Amen. Then Moses brought out all the staffs from the presence of the Lord to all the Israelites. They looked at them, and each of the leaders took his staff. And the Lord said to Moses, Put back Aaron's staff in front of the ark of the covenant of, of law, and keep as a sign of the rebellious. This will put an end to the grumbling against me, and that they will not die. Moses did just as the Lord commanded him. And the Israelites said to Moses, Will we die? We are lost. We are all lost. Anyone who even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord will die. Are we all going to die? Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 to 14. But whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be founded in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from, the, from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death. And so, somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or I have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of which, of that for which Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and, and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in 
Christ Jesus. Amen. Beloved, let us talk about we as believers and the Great Commission for a minute. So after Christ had risen from the dead and he was ascending, he gave us the responsibility to tell others about him. How merciful he was and in that resulted in the grace gifts that he has given to everybody and that if you receive, you are a child of God. So this is the message that he puts to us to tell the world, to let them know that the eternity, eternity is secure when you believe in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the evangelistic ministry that we are in. That our lives and our attitudes and deeds are to show off Christ so that others will know him and will also be saved. So in Colossians chapter 2 verse 17, when Paul was writing to the church, in the Colossian church, he was telling them uh, about how we are free from all the rituals of man, all the rules of men, and that by faith we have been saved, and that how they shouldn't be allowed Thou shouldn't allow themselves to be judged by others, by what they eat, by what they do not do, what they do, when they worship to attain salvation. And he told them that all of this that happened in the old covenant was a shadow of what was to come. But everything is real in Christ, in our lives in Christ. Juxtaposing this new covenant to what ensued in the old covenant, I want to say that migrating from Egypt... God bringing his people from Egypt to the land that he had chosen for them. That evangelism was going on. We can see that in the book of Joshua. When Rahab, the prostitute, met with the spies and told them that we have heard about you and your God. And that fear has filled us and the people of Jericho. And we are trembling. So we find out that. All of the land of Jericho knew that God was with his people. There was a God who was greater than their God. Because Rahab told them that they knew that God had opened the Red Sea for them to walk on bare land. But they did not believe. But Rahab believed. She was a prostitute. If we were in our setting, we would have discriminated. If we were in the setting of Jesus Christ, we would have stoned her. But Jesus, God through his grace, saved Rahab, and she gave her a possession in the land that he had allotted, in the possession that he had allotted to his children. And if you see the genealogy of Jesus Christ, there is Rahab, the prostitute. This shows that our, our king, our Lord, even before he came to this earth, he was gracious unto us. We didn't realize that. And this is what Paul is enlightening us. So this mission given us, this is how I deduce that even when Christ hadn't come, God was still ha having people to himself. He only chose his people as the Israelites as an example. So the world will know him through them. We look at Caleb. We talked about that the last time we, we, we studied. He was a Kinezite. He was a foreigner. But when the people were migrating, God told Moses that any foreigner who wants to be part of you and take possession of what I have given you, allow them to come. Only that their men are supposed to be circumcised, meaning they have to know me 
It was symbolic in that time. Paul would say that I pray that God will enlighten the eyes of your heart. That is what he was talking about. So for them to join you, let them know that I am your God. And apart from me, there is no other God. So when Joshua was allotting the land of Canaan to his people, the God's people, Caleb was bold enough to say that this is where I want. And he got where a possession that was envious, even though he was a foreigner, but he believed. This is our work. This is our responsibility. This is the task that God has given to us. And to enable us, he promises us the personal power who is the Holy Spirit. In our time, I always say that it's very difficult to be a Christian in our time than in the time of Jesus Christ. Because so many things come our way. And sometimes because of advancement and development, so many things are so easy to us that you, don't, you won't even believe that Christ or God is in our face of man each and every day. Everything that happens and is wondrous in your eyes, God is in it. God is doing wonderful things in the lives of Christians. Trust me, God is doing wonderful things in the lives of non-believers too. We are all in this world that he created. So it's very hard for people to be Christians now in this generation than even it was some time back when they rejected him. Even though they were so in the dying need of the Messiah, they did not understand him. So the promised Holy Spirit has come. And at the gathering at the upper room, at the Jewish uh, festival of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came, fell on them, and they were empowered. And they started speaking in new languages. And the people who had come from far and near, Bible says from all the ends of the earth, they were gathered there. They were Jews. And they had lived in other lands, so they were speaking those languages. They all had their disciples declaring the wonders of God in their various languages. That is the power that indwelled them. The power that Christ promised. And that was the first indication to say that this is the responsibility that I have given you. My word, the gospel should go to all the ends of the earth. Every nation on the surface of this earth. The promised Holy Spirit. He who empowers us, he is here. So this is the message that we are supposed to carry across. That Jesus Christ is our Lord. He was glorified and we are promised eternity only through him. Believing in his name, we are promised eternity. So this message reached us also. And we believed. And we have, made, we have been placed in Christ. And our eternity is secure. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God reconciled us to himself. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And now we are ambassadors of God here on earth. And it is as if God is making his appeal through us. This is where I want us to reflect. You could be sober for a moment. You can bow down your head and pray. 
Join us. Join me. Let, let us pray. That God, this task that you have given me, this reconciliation ministry that you have given me, am I doing it well? First of all, am I even obeying? Pause your sober. Pray this prayer. Am I obeying, Lord? And when you told us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, that go and make disciples of me in all the nations. And we are supposed to do this in deed, in speech, in attitude and character. Ask yourself this question whilst you're sober. And I'll pray that God himself will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Yes, his Holy Spirit indwells you. Pray whilst you sit, whilst you reflect. That God himself will stir his Holy Spirit up in you. He will fill you daily. So you'll be able to do this ministry that he has given you. If you've said a prayer, let us say a big amen. Now about the indwelling and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 to 14 that we Gentiles, when we believed the promised Holy Spirit was deposited in us. And this is the guarantee of our inheritance. So everybody at the time of believing with your heart and professing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Holy Spirit indwelt you. And that is different from the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So I want us to take note of, of, of this. It's very important. The Holy Spirit that indwelt, say, the apostle, the greatest apostle, let's say uh, Paul, when he believed, he is not of a greater quantity and quality than the Holy Spirit that indwelled you when you raised up your hand to say, Lord, I believe in your name. No. That same quantity of Holy Spirit that dropped, that is on pastor. It's the same quantity and quality, just using that word loosely, that is in the person that today received the Holy Spirit or received Christ as Lord. The difference is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The stirring up of the Holy Spirit. So most of us are filled with so many things rather than being filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is a daily affair. This is a daily hour to hour affair because life is full of so many uncertainties. And we need God every day. We need the Holy Spirit prompting every day. Jesus Christ said, he will give to you only what he takes from me. And the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a force. He's not a, a thing. So he hears. So he can tell you what Christ is saying. So he sees. So he can show you. As Christ said, he, direct, he will direct you when he comes. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need that daily. Every day. Yes, the Holy Spirit indwells you. Stir him up. For every situation. God, I want this. God, I'm weak in this. God, this is the situation. Every situation, the Holy Spirit will hear you. God, I'm coming to speak your word. I don't know what to say. I'm inexperienced. Holy Spirit, 
Fill me up. Holy Spirit, this is the journey that I am taking. Speak to me. That's the difference. Holy Spirit, this is what I, I am enduring. Heal me. May the Lord have mercy upon us. And may he be with us. What I want to say is God wants to fill us today. Paul writes again in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 to 21. I want us to read this passage. Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. Telling us about how we should be or why we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. 18 says, do not get drunk on wine. Which leads to debauchery. Debauchery means reckless living, living sensual life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. See what my, my attention is on the... Verse 18, do not get drunk on wine, but this is the command. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. But to understand what Paul is saying or talking about being filled with the Spirit, we have to see the contrast. What is the contrast? Do not be drunk on wine. And I believe that Paul was paraphrasing the wise king's words in Proverbs chapter 23. Let's read. Proverbs 23, briefly. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 29 to 35. It says, it reads, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaints? Who has needless bruises? Who has bloodshot eyes? Those who linger over wine. Who go to sample bowls of mixed wine? Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in a cup, when it goes down smoothly. This is misleading. <laughs> it sounds good in the ears, right? In the end, it bites like a snake. So see what it does. And poisons like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind will imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. They hit me, you will say, but I'm not hurt. They beat me, but I don't feel it. When will I wake up so I can find another drink? So it's repetitive. You go to it again, you go to it again, you go to it again. So this wise king or this wise man is talking about somebody who is under the influence or control of Alcohol or wine. That's the contrast. He says we shouldn't be drunk on wine, but rather be drunk on, be filled with the Spirit. Meaning, we have to be under the influence and control of the Holy Spirit. That is what he means by the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he can dwell in you, but are you allowing him to control you? Are you allowing him to influence you? 
And that is the difference. So one time I lived in, in Takradi in Ghana for a while. And there were some ghettos that the police raided some time back. And when we talk about ghettos in, 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 in Ghana, they are, they are slums where you find people who sell and smoke drugs, especially weed. And Takradi is a harbor city. So you find uh, people, I mean, these people in the ghettos, they, the work that they usually do is carrying cocoa from and into the ships. And when the police raided those places, they ransacked everything, took everything, took every drug and money that was remaining over there. And the next time, the media was there to interview them. And the youth over there were so angry. When they were asked why, they said, when they smoke, they get the power to carry the cocoa. And so they don't understand why the police is taking their livelihood from them. See, this is the power that they get to do the work. It's the same example that Paul is, 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 is trying to send across here. Let us not be under the influence or control of anything rather than the spirit. But some of us are filled with some of these things that I mentioned. Our sin. Our sins that are... are have wages. And what is it? Death. They fill us up. Our desires, that is of the flesh, which the flesh is dead. There's no, there's no life in the flesh. Rather, let us focus on the Holy Spirit. Let us be filled by the Holy Spirit under His influence and be controlled by Him. So this is the the part of maturity that sometimes we miss. And our theme for this year, glorious church to possess the nation. All that is being talked about is we will all come to the same faith, same understanding, so we can possess nations. Because this is the job that, or responsibility that Christ gave to us when he was leaving. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13 talks about it. That we will come and understand to attain the, the whole measure of the fullness of of Christ. It's a daily basis affair. It's a daily basis need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. One way we can do that is constantly having a walk with Christ. Constantly reading. And it's not a, 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 a one-day affair. Because we saw some of the disciples who walked with Jesus Christ and they never got to know him until he left. They never got to understand him. So, don't be bothered if you don't know everything now. This is the place to be. I was telling a friend one time that the church is like a classroom that has different people at different grades. So, we have the kindergartners here. We have the pre-Ks here. We have people in the middle school here. We have people in high school here. We have people in colleges and universities here. We are all here and we are all being taught the same thing. We are trying to know Christ. So it may not be the same level of understanding and faith. But trying to know Christ, you walk with him daily. It's a daily walk with him. Daily fellowshipping. Some of the people of the early church, they didn't even know how to read. But if you hear songs that the Holy Spirit imputed in them, that we sing today, 
and it's scriptural base, you ask yourself, how did they do this? It is constant fellowshipping. Constant fellowshipping. This is the place to be. We know Christ for ourselves. We have a personal walk with him because he has, he has given us a personal power that is the Holy Spirit who understands that. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, that I may, Philippians chapter 3, where we read, that I may know him, that I may know him. This is how the Israelites knew God, by his works, by his wonderful works. And it got to a point they were scared, they were so afraid. But God don't talk to us anymore, let Moses talk to us. Because you started breathing and you were breathing fire. And this is how Moses got to know God, by his precepts. He said, I know the precepts of God. But Paul was saying something deeper. Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering. Becoming like him in death. And so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. This is deeper than just knowing the wonderful things that God does and what God wants you to do and not to do. This is trying to know who God is, his character. So that you will become like Christ. And you are a believer. God has chosen you. That is what God wants you to do. He wants you to bear fruit. All you have to do is, God, I am here. This is my stuff. Like Aaron's stuff. It was dead. Do we know the stick? It's a stuff that has been processed. There's no life in it. But when God was trying to tell the Israelites that I have chosen Aaron, just like he has chosen you, he puts life back in the stuff. All you have to do is, this is me, God. I am ready. I want to walk with you. Because he has chosen you already. And this is how uh, Peter describes us. He was re reminding the church about what God was saying uh, to them. But you, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That we may declare the praise of him who called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. You have been chosen already. You are a royal priesthood. All you have to do is, Lord, this is me. Put life back in me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Let my walk with you be fruitful. And God is going to allow you bear fruit. So the Bible tells us that not only did it blossom, the stuff, not only did it blossom, not only did it bud, it blossomed and it bore fruit. So this is what Paul is saying. That I want to know you. Now I want to be like you. Now, I'm a, your ambassador here, I'm just like you. You're a present, representative of you here on earth. I want to be like you. How do you be like Christ? By knowing who he is, his character, what he wants you to show off. So this great commission, like I was saying, is in speech and it's in deed. Everything that he imputes in your heart, bring it out for others to see, to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Where are we? At this point, it's never too late. It is never too late. If we don't take care, we will be described as, as the, 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 the king who was tired about life was describing in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 7. That I have seen slaves on horsebacks while princes go on foot. We are princes. We have the power in us. 
We have to manifest that power. So it's only the realization of this. Will the manifestation of God's power be seen? This power is indwelling us. Let us stir it up. Let us continually ask the Holy Spirit to fill us so that the power of God will be manifested in, in our lives. Let us be on our feet. Let us pray and thank God for his reminder today. Let us pray and thank him for speaking to us today. However you understand this, let us pray that the Holy Spirit who indwells us, fill us with deeper understanding. Our walk with him, he should fill us that we will be showing off his glory. Attract the rest of the world to him. Let us pray. Let us pray this prayer. Thanks for your love, Lord God. Thanks for choosing us. Thanks for choosing us in the name of Jesus. We want to say thank you for choosing us. And showing forth your glory in us in the name of Jesus. We are so grateful. So this is our nature now. That when we believe in the name of Jesus Christ, we are the righteousness of God. Our new nature is the righteousness of God. Yes. See, when a dog is, is born, it is a dog. That is its nature. When man was born, man is man. That's man's nature. And the first man to live was Adam. And he was sinful. And so our nature is sinfulness. So to attain the righteousness of God, we have the rebirth. The rebirth. Believing in Jesus Christ. Being born again. And now we have a new nature. That is what Paul is, that's why Paul was saying that we are a new creation in Christ. We are a new creation. That is what Nicodemus wanted to understand and he didn't understand. But because of Christ, this is our nature now. Let us pray that for our new nature, being as, as Christ on earth, as 1 John 4, 17 says, being as Christ on earth, let that life, let that life manifest in us. God, bring that life back. If the Holy Spirit indwells us and we are not stirring it up, today 
We know we are a new nature. We are a new creation. We are praying that the Holy Spirit will be stirred up in us. This we cannot do on our own. We can only rely on God to do it as stirring up for us. But all you have to do is say, God, I am ready. Let us pray. And ask that the Holy Spirit, God stirs up the Holy Spirit in us. For our new nature, Lord God, we want to say thank you. For our new nature, Lord God, we want to say thank you. God, stir up the Holy Spirit in us. For your work, Lord God, stir up the Holy Spirit in us. For your work, Lord God, stir up the Holy Spirit in us. So this is going to be our last prayer. Praying that the, as the Holy Spirit has filled us now, this particular moment, He should help us to bear fruit. He should help us to bear fruit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 25, 22 states that all of that. Love. Peace, forgiveness, gentleness. The Holy Spirit's filling us now. Help us, help us, help us to bear fruit. Help us to bear fruit. To show the glory of God. To glorify your living name. Let us pray this prayer. Show Sadi and Tarabashuka. So many and Tarabashaka. To bear fruit, oh Lord God. To know you more. To know you well. To know you to be like you, in the name of Jesus, so you may be watching us from home and you do not know this Christ that we are talking about you may be considering yourself a Gentile and non-Jew. Paul says now there is no Jews and there are no Gentiles. We are all one in Christ. And your history doesn't start from God. Who took his people from Egypt to the land of Canaan. Your history starts with Christ. Today I want to pray a prayer with you. The Bible says if you pray this prayer, you are a partaker of this glorious inheritance. All you got to do is believe in your heart. With your heart, believe. And profess with your mouth. So with your hands lifted up. In your sober moments, in your homes. I want to say this prayer with you. And you may repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner. For my sins you came to die. 
for my justification, Lord God, you resurrected. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. For the rest of my life, my walk with you, I want to walk with you. So help me, God. If you say that this prayer, you are a believer. You are a Christian now. And heaven rejoices over you. God rejoices over you. Heaven, the angels are glorious, are, are making merry because of you. And we thank God for your life. You can worship with us here, or you can find a Bible-believing church and worship over there. May God bless you. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray you were blessed. Please don't forget to click on the other episodes to continue in your journey with us. Don't forget to also share and follow this podcast. May the good Lord bless you.